I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, your digital theater. We transform the hottest contemporary plays into bingeable audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome to Play Me, your ticket to some of the hottest shows by award-winning playwrights. We're back with the conclusion to Buffoon by acclaimed writer Anosha Rani. Parts one and two are available on Play Me, but if you're just joining us, here's a quick recap to help you catch up. Felix is a clown born in the circus to parents who are more interested in trapezing than raising him. He falls for Asia, the seamstress's adopted daughter, but grows jealous when she spends time with the tent maker's son. Smile, the ticket seller, helps him devise a plan to capture her heart, and his mother, Olga, runs away with the great Gagunda after his father suffers a debilitating accident. This is the conclusion of Buffoon by Anosh Arani, featuring Kayvon Koshkum. Come on, Flix, let's go. Go? Where? It's your birthday today, moron. But I've never celebrated my birthday before. Really? No. Where's that girlfriend of yours? I don't know. She's 16 now, Flix. You keep an eye on her. At 16, the brain's short circuit. They fizz and pop like soda. I'm 16 too. Exactly. But she's good looking. You, on the other hand, deeply noted. Yalla. What? Let's go. We're in a small town our circus travels to once every few months. But I've never ventured outside before. I see all these telephone poles. So many telephone poles. Those are people, Felix? Oh. We arrive at this mansion. There's a small plastic puddle, and there are these little creatures. These horrendous... They're children, Felix. They're so... Disgusting. They're so scary. They have these powerful lungs and can scream at will, can yell for anything, and it just magically appears. Like, I want juice, and it fucking appears. I want a biscuit, and it fucking appears. I want to pee, and the water turns yellow. I walk around the pool, afraid they might spot me, ask me for something. But Aja, she moves toward them. The guts this woman has. And I keep reminding her about those safaris in Kenya where you stay in the Jeep. You know, you do not get off the Jeep. But she doesn't care. She just moves toward them. And they respond to her so... So lovingly. They crawl all over her like lice. I've seen kids all my life in the circus. You can spot them in the audience in a second. 
they have this halo, this circle of light around them that's actually meant to be a warning. But instead, people gravitate toward them, buy them ice cream. Kids don't really like ice cream. They like licking something cold, the way the devil does, sitting in hell, licking dead bodies. <clears throat> I'm sorry. This is too much. This is, uh... I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't be saying this to you. I won't talk about kids anymore. Let's, um... Talk about the circus instead. Yes. The circus. Who the hell do you think they're for? Children! Animals parading around wearing clothes when they could be naked in the wild, copulating in peace. Clowns tumbling and falling so that little William, fuck him, can have a giggle? The circus is no laughing matter. People fall. They get crippled. Hey, uh, Pops, did uh, little William buy you a wheelchair? No. Once the show's over, they leave their candy wrappers and paper napkins and go home like it was some uh, picnic. Oh, picnics. Don't get me started on picnics, one of mankind's most nauseating creations. And children are responsible. You wake up early, you make sandwiches, lemonade, band-aid, whatever. You drive for miles with little William and Greta raising hell in the back seat. All of you in a bad mood until you reach... Oh, look at that. A pond. All those horrible arguments, the unrequited love, the mortgage, the desire actually to be with someone else, anyone else. It's all worth it because in the end, husband, wife, little William and Greta are by a pond. And while you stare at the pond and little Willie and Greta play, you sing nursery rhymes and hope that one of them takes a dip in the pond when you're not looking. And then you go home with one child instead of two, and my, oh my, does the car feel lighter. Oh, but little Willie misses Greta. He misses pulling her hair and setting her dress on fire. So you decide, ah, a pet. That's what I'll get. A parrot, a rooster, a cat, a hamster. No. How about that most noble of creatures? A dog, a Rottweiler, an untrained one. Because unlike circus folk, we want our animals to be who they are. And then you watch little William play with a Rottweiler and you go, oh, look at that. Our William's not afraid of dogs. Isn't that great? But little William's not afraid of anything. He's a serial killer. But by then, William's captured you with his overall charisma. You're obsessed with him. Have you noticed how parents can't talk about anything else? Oh, my child walked today. Oh, my child talked today. Oh, he pooed today. My baby, did you get poo? Did you get you a big poo-poo? Oh, you vomited? You vomited? And don't get me started about parents who have twins. Oh, look at us. We're twice as good. No, you're twice as stupid. These marvelous adults with lives and skills and intelligence become blabbering wrecks, terrified that their child won't sleep. <gasps> sleep. That's a big one for parents. You imagine being scared that someone won't sleep? Like, what if I said to you, hey, I won't sleep tonight. I don't know, fuck you, don't sleep. The act of bringing a child into this world? Stupidity. The child agreeing to enter? Buffoonery. Aja comes toward me, covered in child slime. Bubonic, tectonic, buffonic. 
I'd love to have a house with a pool someday filled with kids. Abomination. Detestation. Felix, for once, can we just not be weird? Frankenstein Nation! Felix, relax. I don't want any of those things, okay? I was just imagining. Then imagine better things. Imagine all those beautiful children in that cute little pool drowning. All of them. All at once. But then one survives by stepping all over the others. He, he crawls over the side and, and falls and grows up to become uh, a writer. And he thanks them all in his autobiography, which is called... Yay! It could have been me, but it wasn't. It was them. Smile. Get him out of here. I need a drink. I need ten drinks. I need a brewery. I need... You need a tight slap. That's what you need. I enter the house with smile. There's a man Smile's age and his wife, and they hug him, and the man hands Smile a letter. What's wrong, Smile? What the hell? What language is this? Pashto. I can't read Pashto. How do you know Pashto? Because of where I'm from. They speak Pashto in England? Afghanistan. Afghanistan? But you're from England. Not all. Just stayed there for a bit. Use the accent to sound more cultured, less threatening. Even though they conquered half the world, the accent's quite delightful. People found it very... Smile! I'm not people. Oh, my name isn't Smile either. What? It's Ismail. Ismail? Yeah, Flix, Felix. Smile, Ismail, same thing. Just shorter. The people here didn't get my name. People kept calling me Smile, so... I smiled back. I'm not people. Will you stop calling me people? Why didn't you tell me? I did. Moby Dick, call me Ishmael. It's the first line you ever read. This is fucked up. Now, what's fucked up is this. This letter is from my village. My neighbor It's about my family. When I was a young man, I worked with my father on my land. We had a lot of land. It was very fertile land. We grew poppy. The thing is, everyone wanted poppy. And there was this warlord who wanted it more than anyone else. So he gave me a choice. If I did not leave the country, go far away, he would kill my entire family and take my land. If I left, he would spare my family and take my land. Now you will ask, well, why didn't he kill you, your family, and take your land? These people like to think they have honor. It is the way men were back then in Afghanistan. Now they're all gone. Well, what do you mean? Who's gone? Mother, father, sisters. All gone. Dead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who the hell are you? I'm me. A man with a past. That's all. That's all? What do you mean that's all? That's a lot. Is, is there anything else? Now, well, there is one thing. Uh, you have a wife, a son, another family waiting for you somewhere? It's about the tickets. Tickets? What tickets? The tickets I've been selling. Who gives a hoot in hell about tickets? It's not the only thing I've been selling. Like I said, Afghanistan is known for its poppy. So? 
I've been using the circus to sell dope, Flix. This house, this man, he's my supplier. You're a drug dealer? That's a bit harsh. Let's just... You're a drug dealer. Shh. Let's just say I supply AWOL. You lied to me your whole life. My whole life. I trusted you, Smile. Why did you lie to me? Because I couldn't let you see that I was broken. The last thing you needed was one more adult who was broken. Don't say that. You're not broken. When you can no longer be who you are, you're broken. They couldn't even get my name right, Flix. Ismail, Ismail, Ismail. I kept saying it again and again, and they kept going, smile, smile, smile. And one day, I realised they were telling me to put on a smile. Put a smile on everything, because they didn't care where I was from or what I'd been through. I just had to smile and behave myself and fit in, because this land was theirs, not mine, and never would be. Do you understand what that's like? I just... I want to go home. So do I. Get me out of here, please. No, no, no. I mean, home. Now that my family's gone, I can finally go back home. But... but Why do you want to go home if there's no one? To die. Why not die here? At least here you'll have someone to look after you when you're old. I'll always look after you, Smile, even if you lose complete control of your bowels. I'll clean your arse until you're dead. I promise, please stay. And do what? Anything. Stare at the moon. It's not my moon, Flix. It's not my moon. But but I'm here. Now, Flix... You're here. You'll always be. Don't touch me. You're just like them. You're just like my pops and Olga. And I realize that there's this umbilical cord that connects me to the only true parent I've ever had. And suddenly, this kind, loving drug dealer starts rising in the air like a balloon, and the cord gets elongated. I'm sorry, Flix. I'm so sorry. Fuck you, Smile. I take a pair of scissors. Ah, ah. Fuck you. I mean, I love you. Fuck you. I love you. Go stare at your moon. Fuck you. I love you. Fuck you. What will I do without you, Smile? What will I do without you? No matter. Life is good. Life is out of separate, Flix. All life is out of separate. What the hell does that mean? Tell me what it means. What? What? What does it mean? And Ismail sails off to Afghanistan. And perhaps he gets to touch his moon on the way. Smiles left something for me. One more blank letter? 
One more stupid story that I have to make my own? Look, it's a map. It's a map of our circus. Why would he give us a map of the circus? Hey, there's an X there. He wants us to find that spot. And off we go to a tree in the corner of the ground. An old tree. I look around it, but I find nothing. By then, Aja is already high up. There's something on that branch. It looks like a book. Dear Flix, screw Chekhov and all the Russians, this writer made way more money. Memoirs of a woman of pleasure. Inside the book, hundreds of dollars between every page. My royalties from selling tickets. Ha ha ha. Inside my trunk, you'll find a huge ball of Afghan dope. Your pension. Meanwhile, here's a baby elephant. Enjoy. And don't forget, all life is algebra. Here we go again with that algebra shit. Algebra. What? Algebra. That's the Arabic word for algebra. How do you know? Smile told me. He told you? I mean, what the hell? He told you? What What am I supposed to do with algebra? Realize that my life equals nothing? What kind of fucked up wisdom is that? Shh. I think you need some of that Afghan poppy. There's me, there's you, there's the moon. It's like Lee Poe himself is talking to me. What's he saying? Kiss her, Felix. Kiss her well for a change. He's a wise man. Oh, the hell with the wisdom. Here I come. Why are your lips so rough? That's the tree trunk, Felix. Ah, fuck, I'm useless. Yes, my love, that much is true. From now on, I'm in charge. This is how you kiss. Mm. Since she leads the way, it's more than a kiss. It's the entire continent of heaven. I taste every part of her body. Realize her strength. Understand that even though she is an orphan, she has no sense of bitterness toward the world. She demands no vengeance, takes each day as it comes, teaches me to do the same. Prepares meals that are simple and truthful. Makes me inhale steam with eucalyptus when my nose is blocked. Rubs my back when I cry for smile. And makes me smile for him instead. From 16 to 21, I remain in that state of bliss. Sometimes she sleeps alone in the hay, near the bathtub. And when she wakes up and leaves at night, I sleep in the same spot, the cavity of warmth that she has carved, in the hope that I might find some forgiveness toward this world, which is her secret. If I could just learn to forgive. That's the clown I would aspire to be.
We'll be right back. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. One night after a show, Aja comes to me. Felix? Pumpkin? Uh, I was thinking... Yes? There's something I wanted to uh, talk to you about. Yeah, sure. What is it? It's, uh... uh, I just, uh... Just stay calm, okay? It's the tent maker's son, isn't it? You're attracted to him again after all these years, to his, uh, to his tent-making abilities. I mean, I will admit, he can be endearing at times. Felix, everything isn't a joke. Uh, of course it is. If it isn't a joke, then it's life. And I don't do life. Well, what if, uh, you had to? <laughs> I don't have to do anything. I could just skip all day if I wanted to. <gasps> I suggest you do the same. Felix, I need you to listen. And I need you to skip. Hmm? My act is strong as it is. I I don't see where this would fit in. It's not an act. Uh, It's an act. It has to be. Don't do this. Felix, please. Those things, you know how I feel. They're not things. Can't you see what they did to me? My Olga and Pops? But we'll be different. We'll be the opposite of what they were. Maybe a few years from now. We don't have years. We have months. Because when I hold your hand... It means everything. How could you do this to me? I trusted you. This child will know who its parents are. I never did. This child will. I want it to be a girl. I want her name to be Emma. Can we call her Emma? Sometimes at night, I used to call for my mama, and no one would come. So Emma sounds like mama, and when I call her name, someone will finally come. We both love you a lot, you know? I never had a mama or a papa, so I have no idea what I'm doing. But we'll figure it out, okay? You just talk to me. Whatever it is, just talk to me. Ooh, hey. Ooh, stop that. That's my umbilical cord. Felix, she's doing the trapeze. Felix, say something. Emma, I think it's time for you to chat with your papa. He says he's shy, but he's just high maintenance. Go on, Felix. 
you stop looking at my belly like that? She's in there. What do you think that is? Last night's sandwich? to say I didn't want any of this I started drinking much more got ugly I was drinking one night and she was sleeping in the hay with you near the tub and there was this lantern you know and I saw your face you were so soft only a few months old. And instead of feeling love for you, I, I just hated you. And it made me sick that I felt that way. And uh, I picked you up to tell you how sorry I was for feeling that way. And then you looked at me. <sighs> Why did you have to open your eyes? You looked at me, and I started crying. I promised you I'd stop drinking. So I held you tight against my chest and emptied the bottle on the hay. As a promise. And then you cried, and your mother woke up, and, uh, and she asked me to hand you over as though I was some kind of... But just as I was about to hand you over, she leaned in toward me and whispered something in my ear. Felix, I... I couldn't hear the rest. It just reminded me of my Olga and how she whispered something in my father's ear just before she flew away, and I wouldn't let her do that to me. So I refused to hand you over. That's all. It was just a push. I just pushed her away. Nothing special. It was, it was just a push. And the lantern must have fallen, and the hay caught, and I almost dropped you out of fear. And by then the flames it... I thought your mother went the other way but she must have hit her head on the tub it's just one of those things I mean I am a buffoon after all that's what I told the cops, and I didn't mind going to jail because it would keep me away from you. You'd be safe. Oh, you look so much like her. The only thing my Olga cared about was the applause. She should have given birth to a pair of hands. Why didn't she just give birth to a pair of hands? Why are you here? 
after all this time? What sense does it make? Just before I'm getting out, what, what, what do you want from me? Have you come to fuck me up? But you... You were wanted. All Aja wanted was you. Why did my Aja need you? Was I not enough? Hmm? Was I not enough? Why are you silent? Say something! Please say something! Here. 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 This is who I am. I pushed your mother, okay? This is your father. This is who I am. Is this what you want? Huh? Are you happy now? <laughs> I have nothing to offer you. <sighs> Except this letter. This one letter. I've kept it with me pasted it onto my cell wall and stared at it over the years. You know, the same letter that my Olga left me. The one that said, Dear Felix. The one where I signed my Olga's name at the end. It's all I have for you. Uh, I don't have a pen. But, if you want, you could just scratch out her name and put yours instead. Tomorrow I leave this place, but tonight, if you wish, you could complete this letter. In it, you could write, Dear Felix, I want nothing to do with you, ever, yours, Emma, or... Dear Felix, I don't know if you can ever be a father to me, but if you'd like to meet me sometime, we can sit on a park bench and get to know each other. Yours. Emma? But no matter, life is good. Life is algebra, Flix. All life is algebra. It means Reunion of the Broken Parts. That was the conclusion to Buffoon by Anosha Rani.
This play delivers such a wallop at the end, and I just love Anosha's writing. It's so literary and evocative of the feelings of loneliness and abandonment that is so powerful to witness as an audience member. And it's such an unusual setup, you know, growing up in a circus, yet it deals with such universal themes, you know, the desire to be loved by your mother, the need to find love from a spouse and that of identity. It's all very relatable things, but presented in such a unique package. We'll be back next week with an in-depth interview with the best-selling and award-winning writer Anosha Rani about his play Buffoon. Buffoon was written by Anosh Arani. It featured Kayvon Koshkom. Lois Anderson directed the original theatrical production. Buffoon was first developed and premiered at Tarragon Theatre in Toronto under the artistic direction of Richard Rose. This episode's sound design, edit, and mix are by Chris Tolley. And if you're in the mood for even more Play Me, you can hear us on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius XM every Sunday night at 9pm and on Wednesdays at 11. We'd love for you to join us as we present some of our favourite contemporary plays by award-winning playwrights. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know what you think about Play Me. You can email us at playme at cbc.ca. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Theatre or Instagram at PlayMePodcast. PlayMe is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley in partnership with CBC Podcasts. A special thanks to our CBC producers, Sarah Clayton, Cecil Fernandez, and Tanya Springer. The executive producer of CBC Podcasts is RF Norani. Our senior director is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information about our plays, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.